Well, welcome back to another week of worship here online. First Baptist Church of El Paso, we're glad that you've joined us again today. And uh, we find ourselves now at the end of May. It's a little bit hard for me to, to pull all of that together, that for over two months now we've been meeting digitally online, having our worship services together here. And during that stretch of time, we've missed some of those great days of corporate worship together on campus, Easter Sunday and Mother's Day and now Memorial Day. Today we find ourselves at another one of those special kind of emphases day. This is the time that we normally set aside to recognize our graduates, high school graduates specifically, although we do have some college graduates too. So today's service you're going to find that we will uh, highlight most of those, all of them that we can. And uh, the message that I have today is, is not just limited to them, but it is directed towards them. And uh, what I want to do is give some life hacks today as we consider the opportunity that we have to apply biblical truth into everyday life, and in doing so, it positions us for fulfilled living. Uh, let me just highlight these individual graduates that we have. These are high school graduates, uh, no particular order other than the list that I was giving. This is how they're listed out. So Noel Porflit, and Kobe Cornell, Savannah Jones, Dominic Lara, Jamie Albright, Emily Hammer, Alex Kelly, Christoph Shilaki, Mauricio Josue Corcamo, Hannah Tuttle, Erica Lustino, Addie Baldinger, Ryan Johnson. Uh, it's a great list of kids and young adults, actually, and uh, we're honored to be able to honor them today. As we do that, I'm going to take a passage of Scripture that is a little bit unusual, probably a little unexpected uh, for this particular emphasis, but it's found in the book of 2 Kings. It's a story out of the life of Elisha, and uh, we, we find six different principles here that I call life hacks. And if we, as you as graduates, but also the rest of us in our everyday lives, if we'll internalize these truths and apply them in, uh, I believe that it helps us to have that fulfilled life. It's part of what Jesus promised to us, I think. And so we'll go through those six different principles in the next two segments. But now I want to read this passage, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, it says this. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And then he said, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another. And then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Six principles will find, life hacks as I call them, 
that help us to position ourselves for the kind of life that God designed for us. Let's pray as we begin. And so, Father, as we now make our way into this time where we uh, honor those high school graduates, as we open your word and we allow you and your spirit to challenge us from the truths there, we pray that it would be one of those services that becomes a high water mark for us as we walk with you and learn what it means to be your faithful servants. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this segment, we want to uncover three of these life hacks, these biblical truths that help to shape our lives. Here's the first one, uh, and that is that we need to surround ourselves with the right people. One of the things that I've noticed as we get older, our world seems to get a bit smaller. And for those of you who are graduating from high school, you've had this big wide world in front of you, this corporate identity as being a student at that particular high school. But as you go forward now, you'll have the opportunity to see a big wide world, but your circle of contacts as a rule is probably gonna get a little bit smaller. And the older you get, the more that will be true. And so the question that you need to ask yourself and all of us, no matter where we are in life, we need to ask ourselves a question of, so who gets to be in my circle? Who are those people that I'm going to allow into my life that will influence me because they will, by definition, influence you as you go forward. Now, I know for, in my own life, for instance, um, I made some bad choices in high school and then coming out of high school. And so I created a circle of people around me that were not healthy, certainly not on a spiritual level, but also on a morality level. And so you can make your choices about who gets to be in your circle. And you can choose poorly and then have a group of people around you who influence you towards some negative behavior and negative functioning, make those bad choices. If, by the way, you're leaning in that direction already, let me just throw another verse of scripture at you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, among other things, um, bad company corrupts or ruins good morals. Be careful who you let into your circle. And if you choose the right people and get the right people in your circle, uh, they have the opportunity and you have the opportunity to grow through that. I'll just give you a little bit of homework to do there. Go and do a little bit of internet research over a group called The Inklings and some of the great writing that happened uh, out of that group and the influence that they had on one another. One of those guys was C.S. Lewis and one of the greatest uh, theologians of the last couple of generations. But it was a group of people who gathered together and met regularly and sharpened one another. Find that group of people for your circle who sharpen you and help you be a better person. This widow points to that. In verse 1, again, now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha. Let me just stop there. And one of the sons of the prophets means that her husband was in this group of people, a school, if you will, that were attached to this prophet Elisha. It was not uncommon at all in those days that there would be these who would learn by attaching themselves to these other teachers. And her husband made that choice by extension, it pulled his wife into that, and now that he's gone, she still has that group of people. The first life hack is surround yourself with the right kind of people. 
that pushes us to the second life hack that we find here, and that is that being a Christian does not exempt you from trouble. I know that there would be those in our world, and some of them even in our Christian circles, who would say and try to push for us that the Christian life is a life that is free of trouble. There's a theological term for that, and it's called hogwash. There's no biblical evidence that would say to us, if we just choose to follow Christ, or in an Old Testament context, if we choose to be followers of God, there's no proof that says that we're not going to have any trouble. It's actually quite the opposite. And you look, need to look no further than King David, who Scripture says was a man after God's own heart, and yet he found himself surrounded by some people who were making uh, life better for him and some other people who were challenging him, his son Absalom to be exact, and he had his share of trouble. The reality of our lives is that we don't get a free pass when it comes to the struggles of life, even though we choose to be followers of God and particularly of Jesus Christ. This widow is the example here. Her husband dies. Beyond that, she has debts that they are holding on to, uh, and those debts now threaten the very existence of her sons as it relates to her, and they're going to be taken into slavery uh, until they can get that debt paid off. Life is full of struggle for her. And so I'll just reiterate it for us. You don't get a free pass. Life is not fair. And so you need to be ready for trials and choose a wise response. And that's the last one for this segment. The third life hack, did, life hack is uh, don't be afraid to ask for help but make sure that you're asking the right people for help. Sooner or later, you will encounter a problem that is bigger than you. Sooner or later, God will see to it that there is some problem introduced into your experience that will drive you beyond yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Teresa and I had this situation when I was in college. We already had a son. I was making almost no money and yet we still had to feed ourselves and that son. And so we would go to the grocery store and I would keep a running total of what we were putting in our basket. And the game that we played was to see how close I could be to the exact amount. In other words, that need that we had, I was trying to keep it under control, justifiably so. But then God created another issue or pushed this situation into our laps. And that was our son had an immune problem and he was sick all of the time and we had to take him to the doctor and we didn't have money to pay a doctor and I was beyond my ability to handle. And God took care of that for us. What happens with what you have coming at you begins to uh, form you and how you respond to those problems. Don't be afraid to ask for help, but be careful to whom you go for help. This lady, this widow, goes to Elisha. She goes to him because that was her circle. She goes to this prophet of God, not just because he's a prophet, that helps, but she goes to him because that was part of her circle. And she goes to him, but you'll notice later that he pushes her to some of her neighbors to go for help also. Be careful that you, in going to people for help, that you don't set them up to be God in your life. Uh, I used to have a friend and his wife who had a rich uncle, 
And every time they came across some kind of need in their family, he's the one that they went to and he bailed them out. Uh, be careful because God will see to it that you're in positions that grow your opportunity to trust him. Those needs, those trials that you face drive you to his throne, or at least they should. So three life hacks we've already seen. Surround yourself with the right people. Being a Christian does not exempt you from trouble. And when you're in that trouble, when you need help, don't be afraid to ask for help. Just go to the right people to get it and understand that God is whom you go to first. We'll come back with the last three in just a moment. Wow. So life hack number four is next. It's very simply stated, follow instructions. That sounds simple, but there's kind of a built-in resistance we have to following instructions. Uh, notice here that Elisha gives this widow some kind of sketchy instructions. Uh, verses 3 and 4, just to remind us of what goes on here. It says, then he said, that is, Elisha says, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. Now, let's not forget that she's already said to him, I only have enough oil for just this one thing. I have one unit of oil. And Elisha now is saying, go out, the instructions he gives, go out and borrow as many vessels as you can, not small ones at that, and then go inside and pour what you have into those vessels. Now, he's anticipating what's going to happen. She only has his word at this point, and she follows those instructions. Let me, let me back off from that and give us a principle that is true for how we go about all of our lives, every part of us, every one of us. And that is that God has so structured society around us that there is, in order for there to be order, there has to be authority. And those authority figures are ones who give us certain instructions in life. And for many people through this pandemic, that's been a real problem to submit to the authority that God has placed out there or at least endorsed that's out there. So let me come back and put it on us. You are never so independent that you are out from under some kind of authority in your life. I had a hard time learning that, the, the submission to authority part of it. Case in point, when I was in college, I started off working in the oil fields of West Texas. And uh, after a little bit of time, I decided to start going to night classes at Odessa College. And uh, so I started doing that. Teresa came into my life. We started dating. I decided uh, I was just going to drop the classes that I was in. And so I went up to the school and I went into the uh, business office and I said, I want to drop these classes. And the lady working there said, you need to take this form. You need to have the professor fill it out and bring it back to us, and we'll drop you. And I said, uh, I don't have to have the professor's permission to drop this class. And she said, if you want to drop the class, this is what you have to do. And I did not do it and expected to be dropped. And so when I got my grades at the end of the semester, I learned something about submitting to authority. Every step of your life will have someone in authority who is over you. This widow, had she refused to do what she was told and to follow the instructions given, she would have missed out on the miracle that God was performing for her. 
So, be a lifelong learner, position yourself under those people in authority in your life, and learn from them. Even bad leaders can teach you something about how to live your life. Here's life hack number five. Don't underestimate God's ability to resource you. In other words, don't underestimate God's ability to step into your situation and do something and bring something to the table that supplies for your need. Verse six, and when the, uh, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, this is, there is not another. And then the oil stopped flowing. By acts of obedience, God did this miracle. It was not the way she expected to get the help that she wanted when she went to the prophet, but it was God's resource. And so for you and for me, uh, we need to settle into that truth, that God has ways of filling our need and resourcing our need. Most of the time in my life, that resource that he gives comes in ways that I never would have dreamed it to be. Uh, and, and that's a problem for us because we get into situations of need and we want to kind of oversee the process and we take a plan and we want God to bless our plan as opposed to just putting ourselves at his mercy. Uh, the, the old story uh, that highlights that is uh, the guy who came in and he said you know, he had this need and goes to a pastor and the pastor says, well, you know, you just need to trust God for that need. He'll supply that need for you. And the guy said, well, yeah, I, I know, but I, I need him to do it now. And the pastor said, don't forget, God, you know, Scripture says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And the guy said, well, why don't you just have him sell a few of those cattle so that I can have the money that I need for this problem? We like to orchestrate the fix. But my experience has been so many times that God comes at it in a way that I'm not anticipating. When I was at college and the situation I told you about a moment ago, uh, we just didn't have money. We, we were really poor people. And yet somehow, at just the right time on a consistent basis, we would get an envelope in the, in the mail, no return address, and it had cash in it. God resourced us in that moment of need, and he'll do the same for you. Be amazed by him and trust him. Points me to the last of these six life hacks today and that is to keep your theology straight. Uh, say that a different way. Be a good thinker in your life choices. There will be some in your life who will try to tell you that God only wants you to be successful and healthy and rich. And as nice as that is, it would be great, but we have a lot of biblical precedents for saying that God doesn't always give people that fame and that fortune that they want. This widow is an example. In the miracle itself, if you go to verse 7 again, she came and she told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. God has miraculously now met her need. But she will have a continuing need after that, and that is to feed those boys of hers and herself. And so the rest of that verse says, and so Elisha said, and you and your sons can live on the rest. It doesn't say that she became an entrepreneur and she opened an oil distribution center. It doesn't say that. It just says that God supplied her need, he met her where she was, and gave them what they need to move forward. There's a great truth for us in that, that if we keep our feet firmly planted in the biblical truths of trusting God, 
And if we see that God's resource steps into that need in ways that we never dreamed that he might do it, it gives us that opportunity to continue to trust him as we go forward. Learn to be content with what God gives you. And in that, you can use it to honor him. I want to close out my part of the message today just to highlight the fact that our graduates have had an interesting uh, ending to their high school careers. Understand that this is a short segment of time in a full life that God has given you already. It doesn't define you. And as hard as it may have been for you, uh, there are other days ahead. Some of them will be better days. Some of them may be harder days. But God is still God through all of that. We are proud of you. We expect great things from you. Go out and above all, honor God with the way you live. God bless you.